at the moment. Uh, I know that as we approach the busy calving season, a lot of people are getting tight and fodder, but they're also short of straw. And straw is very, very difficult to get. It's essential at this time of the year, and it's costing an absolute fortune for us in Clare in particular because we don't have, you know, we don't have much tillage here in Clare, so we're dependent on, you know, high transport costs and scarcity of straw. And it's, it's a really, really... What was once, uh, you know, an affordable product is now really, really difficult even to get. Um, as a general comment, fertilizer came down somewhat in 2023 compared to 22, but it's still far, far more expensive than, you know, what we've been used to up to then. Um, so input costs, very much a big problem. And it's probably true to say that even though March prices are good at the moment, uh, factory meat prices over the last year have been nowhere adequate to cover increased costs. And, and I suppose one, one, one farmer put it very well to me. He said, uh, everybody who comes into you now with a bill, it's thousands, not hundreds. And it takes a lot of cattle to build up those thousands uh, in terms of paying for all of those inputs. So input costs, uh, you know, are definitely a big, big issue. Uh, everything from you know, practical hardware stuff right down to the key inputs of, you know, feed and fertiliser. Okay, so a a myriad of issues in relation to input prices. Another big concern, Martin, is uh, succession planning and the challenge uh, that uh, proposes uh, nearly half of farm families are yet to identify a successor, uh, 48%. I suppose at least that's an improvement on the previous year when the figure was at 69%. Uh, what are the biggest stumbling blocks, or maybe as Eddie touched on it there, just costs are, 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 are so huge that maybe there's a concern that maybe there won't even be a farm to, to pass on? Yeah, that's the big problem. The big problem is the, the, the costs and people can't see that there's going to be a viable income for people to successfully take up a farm. So that's where the, the big problem I see coming in is that uh, your income isn't, isn't um, sufficient, but uh, in relation to the cost, and Eddie has touched on it there about the cost, the costs are huge. And they're, they're changing all the time. Nobody can... Nobody saw when back a couple of years ago that fertilizer was going to get scarce and get so dear overnight. And that, that is not factored into your income. So when, when it comes to succession, um, in most cases, people are saying, God, how can I, I have a good job. How am I going to take up that farm? And it's actually going to, it's going to cost me money off my job to take it up. So that's where the problem is with succession. Uh, is that the income is not sufficient for farmers anymore. And in most cases, uh, the, the family farm, which we knew was being the family farm, uh, being farmed by the family and being passed on, that's no longer the case because the family farm has got so big now in, in the cases that the family farm is not viable anymore. So that's where the big problem with succession is coming in. Very, very difficult one, Eddie. Just four per- of those who have a successor identified, 4% are non-farming. And I suppose when there's such huge question marks hanging over a farm and whether it will still be viable going into the future, if you, if there's any chance of there being a succession needed, you want to stick with people at least to a successor who's at least involved in the business and knows what they're getting themselves into. 
Yeah, I think one of the, 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 the real problems here is that supermarkets have made decisions, not just in Ireland, but across the world, that key products like, you know, beef, lamb, uh, dairy products, that these products can be kept cheap in order to attract the punters in. Um, we in ICSA met with Tesco a few months ago and they admitted that, you know, they now saw sustainability issues and that's overused word, but sustainability issues about the fact that beef has more or less been the same price in the supermarket shelf for the last 10 years. And, you know, I was in the supermarket the other day, I saw coffee is now costing 11 or 12 euros for a jar. So even, you know, (laughs) agricultural products like coffee are are not immune, but we still are expecting to get two steaks for a tenner, and that's just not sustainable, and there's choices to be made. But one of the problems is that the job of calving cows, of rearing stock, of looking after livestock, is a huge, huge skill set. And if it's not passed from one generation to the next, uh, we could very quickly find ourselves in trouble that we don't have any people who actually know how to farm in, 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 in a relatively short number of years. And I think this is a real, real issue for the, the, the society at large. Uh, you know, there's been you know, an assumption that food will always be in the supermarket shelves, but there's no recognition of the immense set of skills that, that is required to put that food there. And there's a lot of people, I'm meeting them a lot of a lot of the time, who have no successor because the kids are getting good jobs, whether it's working in, in big tech or big pharma or, or, you know, a job in Shannon or, or whatever it is. And these jobs pay very well and give the weekend off. And, you know, you don't have to pay any money. You don't have to worry about input costs when you have a, a, a salary at the end of the month. Yeah, it's understandable why people wouldn't want to deal with all those headaches. In that scenario, though, Eddie, what, what options, I presume they're limited, are, are open to a farmer who has no options in terms of succession? Do they just try and, you know, when, when they're, they can feel they can no longer farm, just try and sell it off? Or what, 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 what options are open to them? The options are to lease out the farm for for five years or more, and increasingly people are looking at at that as an option because, from a tax point of view, it's 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 efficient. Um, and you know the the other problem, the other side of this, of course, is that there are some people taking on very big dairy farms now at the moment, or, or growing very large and dairying, and you know some years that's quite profitable but there's really a big sustainability question there as well in my view about you know the labour input required in these very large farms and the fact that people are working extremely hard in their 20s and 30s but they won't be able to keep that pace up and you know this idea that you can you know that this one man or one woman can run a 200 cow dairy farm on their own it's grand while you're fit and healthy at 23 or 4 years of age uh, but how many years can you stick that pace? And large farms, you know, have some economies of scale. There's no question about that. But they also have an economy of, of, of headaches and, you know, the potential for if the wheels come off, they come off really badly and the whole lot turns out not to be that sustainable after all. And, you know, I, I don't want to hark back to the days when a 60-cow farm could provide a very good living, but, but I just do worry that very large farms are sustainable until something goes wrong, until someone has an illness or, you know, hurts themselves or yeah, whatever. And then and presented and with then, 
then how do they manage the whole the whole thing? Uh, yeah, very, very difficult situation. And Martin, you know, Eddie's describing a, a scenario there where, you know, 11 euro jars of coffee and two stakes for a tenner, but it, it feels like the, the, the kind of cork is out of the bottle at this stage. I mean, is that the, the very little chance, even if there was an improvement in the price of, of beef, if it went up a little bit in the supermarkets and farmers are doing a little bit better, it's hard to imagine a scenario where they get back to anywhere close to what they were they were earning from that beef uh, going back in the past. So can you see a situation, uh, particularly in Clare, where some farms have no, no choice but to, to go out of business, uh, if not this year, in, in, in the coming years? Well, I suppose unless the, unless the price of the produce that's been produced on farms keeps going up in line with inflation with the input costs uh, then you would feel people going out of business but I think food, the days of cheap food is long gone if you want to, if you want to keep, keep uh, food and locally produced food in, within Ireland, you're, you're definitely going to have to pay for the food because the input costs are, getting, are increasing all the time so it has to go up in line with inflation but going back to the, the big problem I see in farms is, and Eddie has said it there again, is where you have one farm, one young farmer trying to milk a, a, a serious number of cows, and God forbid if he has an accident or anything happens, what what the situation that, that arises on that farm, the worry that that causes on a farm is is huge. There's huge worries and headaches on on farms because they're getting bigger all the time, and the shortage of labour is a huge problem. Trying to get somebody to milk cows and find people if there is a problem on a farm. It's a huge, huge problem. And I think, you know, while it might look great that the actual family farm was in a way better situation in cases like that because you had you had somebody who could help out on the farm. But when farms get too big, you're dependent on on labour and trying to get labour in for to, to do the, that problem. I think that's a huge problem. And uh, there's a lot of headaches on, on farms now, the fact that they are actually gone so big. So there is big problems there.